I'm going to review our scripture for the week. <clears throat> Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. With that, we're very well taken care of. And we pray to God that he is there and he will be. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. It's my pleasure to introduce to you someone that's a member of our class. A lot of you have various names for him I was learning this morning. I call him Downtown Brown. Others call him other names, <laughs> which he can maybe elaborate on a little bit later. Uh, Fred brought this idea of the presentation he wants to make this morning to me several weeks ago. He said, do you think the class would appreciate hearing about this project? I said, yes, I think the class would not only like to hear what you're involved in, but also would like to be challenged by it. So he sent me some information, which I'm going to try not to read verbatim, but part of it I'm going to have to, because when you get down to the very end, it's, as he said, a story for another day, but maybe we can get him to speak about it even today. Fred and Mariana have been married for 46 years, have three great children and four wonderful grandchildren. They're both graduates of Mississippi State University, but nobody holds that against them. That's a good thing. <laughs> After almost 30 years in the Air Force, they moved to Roswell in 1999, became members of RUMC and this class. Fred currently is still working full-time as Vice President of City Light and Power, headquartered in Greenwood Village, Colorado. And Fred, all these times I heard you were going out there, I thought it was strictly fun, but there's work involved too. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> being a veteran, Operation Second Chance gives Fred a chance to give back and help these men and women as they return to civilian life. So that's the subject he will talk to us about this morning. But the part that I want you to all understand, so listen to me very closely, a little known fact about Fred Brown is that he burned toast for Nancy Reagan in Berlin, Germany. <laughs> well, good morning. Good morning. Let's see if we can get this to work. There we go. All right. I want to talk to you about really two organizations. Uh, first of all, uh, we're going to talk about Operation Second Chance, and then we're going to give you a little insight into a program that's ongoing now at the Shepherd Center. Uh, a lot of you probably know about the Shepherd Center and, and what all they do. You know, it's a premier facility for spinal cord injury. Uh, and they have set up this special program for the military. So I want to uh, to share that with you. And, uh, and then at the end, we'll kind of talk about how you could help if you are so inclined to get involved. As any military guy, I have to have a briefing, and I have to have at least two subjects, and I have to have at least three areas under each of those subjects. <laughs> so so uh, all of you who are prior military, you'll understand. Uh, but Operation Second Chance, uh, we're going to talk just a little bit about the, the history of it and, and go over the programs and then we'll we'll also talk about share it and our our theme at Operation Second Chance 
Uh, and our 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 uh, slogan is is helping heroes move on. And as you go through this, uh, I think you will see that come uh, through. Again, a lot of us are retired military as part of Operation Second Chance, and as you will see, our president and founder Cindy grew up in a military family, so we all have to have a mission statement if we're going to do anything. Uh, so this is uh, OSC's mission statement. All right. The president and, more importantly, the founder of Operation Second Chance is a lady named Cindy McGrew. Uh, Cindy uh, started, really, uh, the beginnings of Operation Second Chance in September 2004 when she went to visit some returning soldiers that had been injured uh, in Iraq. And they were assigned to a company of a Negro of hers. And that's how she found out about it. She went online, found out that they were being transferred to Walter Reed, and she went to visit them there. Uh, Cindy's a very active person, as you can see. Uh, mother of four, grandmother of three. Uh, she had uh, four brothers, three of which were in the uh, military. One of them was a West Point graduate. And so... Just by that simple visit, and what followed that is the beginnings of OSC. Can can you can you guys see that? Uh, okay. Yeah. So in November, she was joined again by a neighbor uh, on her daily visits to the hospital, and uh, then in December, another friend joined, and they started making these what they call boxes for heroes. They reached out to the community, got them involved. And then the following March, it, it kind of came apparent there was much more uh, that they could do than they ever imagined. Uh, and I want to I want to show you a, a quick little uh, video of Rod Allegheny and and what it does, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. <coughs> Rod Allegheny started in 2001 with a bunch of neighborhood friends getting together and coming up with an idea of, you know, where, where can we ride our bikes long distances and get plenty of exercise and have a lot of laughs uh, in the process. A couple of years ago, one of the riders' uh, spouses got involved with uh, Operation Second Chance, who's working with soldiers coming back from Iraq. and. Uh, you had the idea that maybe you guys could, uh, you know, since you're doing the effort anyway, maybe you could ask people to uh, to make a charitable contribution and ride on behalf of the soldiers coming back from Iraq. These young people that are involved in this conflict are not very far removed from your high school student. And that individual over there is not much different than your son or daughter. I'm just trying to be your father, be the daughter and your son. Uh, my name is Adam Kishlewski. I um, graduated high school early in the Marine Corps when I was 18. Up and down, and early, all business in my suit. Yeah. It's in Iraq for about a month before I, uh, I got wounded. Um, uh, I was uh, going through school, um, kicked in the wrong door, and uh, they had a jerry rig with a, a bomb. Ended up losing my uh, right leg below the knee, my left arm at the shoulder, and, and took a bunch of shrapnel. Um, my left leg, but managed to keep it. I got involved in Operation Second Chance, um, sort of by chance. I was a patient, and Cindy um, McGrew 
the president of um, Operation Second Chance came and visited me. It really stuck with me and I made sure, you know, anything I ever needed, I, I could just call her and I knew it was taken care of them and I called her. I believe that they've been given a second chance for a reason. Um, and I also believe our country has been given a second chance to treat this generation of service members a lot um, better. So give me some some background too. I think it's it's we need to know kind of what what's happening now with these young kids. Uh, I I dug up some statistics. Uh, it it between 2011 and 2016, we're going to have more than a million of these young kids that are going to be separating and coming back into civilian life. Uh, that's about 200,000 a year. Nearly half of them, about 44%, say they're having difficulty adjusting, you know, to civilian life. Uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with, uh, as, as it said there, we're dealing with kids that are 
18 to 22 years old, and most of them have seen some type of combat, you know. Uh, so they they are having, uh, since 2001, nearly half of them have uh, suffered uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, and over 200,000 uh, have suffered some type of traumatic brain injury. 20, 20% have experienced concussions and more than 1,600, it's close to 2,000 now, have lost uh, a limb. So they are struggling and it, it shouldn't be any surprise to us that uh, almost half of them are on some type of disability. And a lot of these uh, kids are being discharged and they're being retired at real low grades, uh, you know, they're just privates, uh, lance corporals, uh, E3, E 4s, uh, and they don't have a lot. Uh, and they're depending upon someone else, their spouse maybe, or their family for, for support. Uh, and they're, they're basically, a lot of them living paycheck to paycheck. So what I want to try to impress upon you today is that there are organizations and Operation Second Chance and SHARE are just two. There's many out there and some of you may already be associated with uh, those organizations and they're great uh, to to participate with them and provide help to them but I wanted to, to try to bring it home here for this class of something that maybe we can do here locally. Uh, has anybody besides the members of our committee heard of Operation Second Chance or had anybody that go through the program? Uh, how about the SHARE initiative down at the Shepherdson? You know? Well, uh, this is good because uh, I, I hope to again share with you uh, some of that. All right. I need to get to the big screen. There we go. All right. There are programs in Operation Second Chance that uh, different people choose to get involved in. The first one is an inter uh, internship program. We currently have two interns. Uh, I encourage you uh, to go to the to the OSC website, OperationSecondChance.org, and read about uh, the two people. Uh, that right now are involved in it, uh, Pauline and Sarah. Uh, they both have wonderful stories. Both of them are spouses of uh, wounded warriors who have been exposed to oper Operation Second Chance. And again, with their desire to give back, they have now have become a part of the organization as as a uh, an intern. There's another... Uh, organization called Operation No Person Left Behind. It was uh, started in 2006 by a group of uh, hunter and fishermen who wanted to be able to uh, contribute and get the soldiers that were coming out of the hospital that had been discharged, get them involved uh, by taking them hunting, taking them fishing. And then in 2011, uh, they became a part of, of OSC, a permanent part of OSC. They're Operation is mostly in the Virginia, uh, Maryland, uh, West Virginia area. They come from that area, and uh, most of the patients are coming uh, are 
kids are coming to them from uh, out at Walter Reed and surrounding military hospitals. And then, of course, the hospital visits is where OSC got its start. Uh, Cindy going there initially, and then it has turned into a large part of, of what the people around military installations, around military hospitals, uh, volunteers go and make these uh, hospital visits. Continuing on, uh, another thing that we do is just taking day trips, uh, getting them out of the hospital so that they can uh, get a break from, from being in that just small hospital room. Uh, we have some great sponsors in the Washington, D.C. area. Comcast Sports is one of the major supporters of Operation Second Chance. So we get a lot of free tickets uh, to sporting events. Again, most of that is concentrated in the Washington, D.C. area. And then uh, the biggest thing is just providing that little bit of assistance and support to the individuals that need uh, whatever. Uh, they know that they can call on us if they need rent money, they need utility money. Uh, here's a couple of quotes from some young uh, soldiers who got out. One of them uh, wanted, he was uh, in the Canine Corps, and he wanted to get his service dog back. It had been retired, and so we went about helping him uh, secure that and reunite him with his service dog in retreats. And this is the this is the really really fun part uh, that we get to take these uh, young kids and their spouses or their caregivers and get them away for a whole week, four or five day trip. Uh, a typical retreat. We have a place in Red Lodge, Montana, uh, and we. Uh, have a place in Durango, Colorado, where we, we take them for an entire week. And we go ATV rides, uh, train rides, fly fishing, all types of activities that they, just to get them away. And uh, I uh, I want to show you again another video of, of the support that uh, they're providing. I joined the Marine Corps because it was uh, always something I, I wanted to do since I was a little kid. You I was see some Corps of the same people in this one. I was on a route reconnaissance patrol. I was a scout sniper. We were there looking for insurgents, uh, kicking in doors. I was in the last vehicle, the open top Hummer. On May 3rd of 2005, I would uh, have a uh, an experience with a with an EFP. And as my vehicle rounded the corner, someone pushed up, uh, pushed a button and blew up a station wagon packed full of seat one ball bearings. And, uh, I lost my left arm, uh, and my right leg. I wanted to cut through my door, cut through right next to my head, and basically cut me in half from the left corner of my temple down to my jaw. And then I just spent, uh, four years of surgeries, four plus years of surgeries at Walter Reed and Johns Hopkins, uh, rebuilding my face and my hands. Talk about letting the air out of your balloon. You know, uh, when you sign up for the military, it's, it's it's a hard bite because it's for years of your life. When you get blown up, you don't get to sign the contract. It's not free will. It's like, do you want to eat a sandwich again? Or do you want to eat from a tube the rest of your life? Let me keep that right knee slightly bent there. That's it. These service members are surviving catastrophic mm -hmm. injuries. Mm -hmm. Their lives are changed forever. Um, they can't be soldiers and Marines any longer, for the most part. And they may need help. 
Operation Second Chance is a nonprofit group that will do whatever it takes to help armed warriors. For instance, it could be just putting a new hitch on a car so they can put a device on the back of their car so the person with no legs can be mobile again. Seems like nothing. It's only a couple hundred bucks. But it empowers that soldier or Marine to be more mobile again because they're missing their legs. Operation Second Chats uh, installed some hardwood floors. As a double amputee, it's always nice to be able to roll around in my wheelchair. My whole place was covered in carpet. I was at a point in my rehabilitation where I was able to move on. We really needed a place to say Operation Second Chance kind of stepped in and saved us. Oftentimes, the transitional phase of coming out of the hospital into civilian life is really missing. And Operation Second Chance fills that void. The funds really go to uh, transitional housing, which is extremely important. Financial support, everything from helping out with mortgages to plane tickets with family and friends to visit them in the hospital. And really, after long struggles, there's a, a huge need to get these guys out and enjoy life. It's a lot more important than it really sounds. I mean, some of these guys, you know, they're, uh, they're hurt pretty bad. And otherwise, they wouldn't be able to leave the hospital. What's going to fill that void of you being away from your family? I can't be with my wife every day, but I can take my mind off it so I'm not wallowing in my sorrows. So I'm not sitting in my bedroom watching TV. I can get out and actually do something and learn how to interact with society again and get used to the people staring at you. It's a hard thing. What Operation Second Chance is doing is helping their mentally um, through uh, the morale building where they can have some fun and laugh, which they haven't done for some time. It gets better. Nonprofits do that. They give you that step back into society. And they do it with love because they care about you. It means your sacrifices and the loans you lost weren't for, weren't for nothing. Or the buddies that you lost weren't for nothing. Ride Allegheny is a 325-mile bike ride. Uh, the last five years, we've actually dedicated it to be a fundraiser, and that fundraiser was for uh, Operation Second Chance. As an American, I feel these soldiers have given everything they've got. Therefore, I feel it's my responsibility to return that favor in some small way, and that's what Operation Second Chance allows me to do. I'm with Paul Davis Restoration, and for the past six years, we've been donating services to returning soldiers. They're young. They're very, very young. I think the average age of the soldiers that I've met has to be early 20s. They deserve an opportunity to be very successful when they come back after protecting us. We should take that seriously because they've taken seriously when they put that uniform on and took that, that code of honor to protect us. Now it's our job to take care of them. We're able to do whatever it takes to, to help these warriors and their families, and we don't stop in, until we've made sure that we've, we've accomplished our mission. <coughs> Operation Second Chance came into my life at, at probably the most opportune time. Thank you's not enough. It really isn't. Operation Chance is doing this because they love their country, and they love all the service members who've made that big sacrifice. You know, they're doing this for them. They're doing this for us. Wouldn't you do it? If you could give somebody a chance to just let them be them for one second, if they had four years of pain to go through, would you sacrifice an hour of your time to give them a break? Because they've got four years of pain coming, maybe more. That's what Operation Second Chance does. A few hours so we can pick ourselves up, put our boots back on, and drive on.
first and second chances. It's a big part of that healing. It's your break. Rod Allegheny is our largest fundraiser. We just completed it, in fact, yesterday. Uh, our goal was to raise $300,000 this year. Uh, when it first started, uh, we had about 12 riders. Last year, we had 74 riders. This year, we had 96 riders. And I looked at the uh, website last night, and we've got two, $289,230 of that 300000 collected. So uh, since 2005, Ride Allegheny has contributed over a million dollars to Operation Second Chance, and it allows us to do these type of events. But, you know, I, and, and I, you know, want us to continue to do these things, but I was looking for something, uh, locally here that, you know, would <coughs> allow us to bring it again locally here. You know, what could we do here? What organization within Atlanta, you know, and so I was, once I got hooked on Operation Second Chance, I was looking for, okay, you know, do I go out to veterans organizations? Uh, do I go to the VA hospital? Uh, do I go to the American Legion, the VFW? You know, where do I go to find out who needs some support here? And how can we get uh, Operation Second Chance involved locally here? So, fate, luck, who knows? I get this postcard in the mail from the Shepherds. And uh, it really touched me. Fighting the good fight. And it told about this share initiative. And so I want to cover that with you now. Uh, again, you got to have an acronym. So this is the one that they chose. Shaping Hope and Recovery Excellence. It's a military initiative at the Shepherd Center started in 2008. Uh, Bernie Marcus... Many of you know, co-founder of Home Depot, a large supporter of uh, the Shepherd Center. He came to them and said, look, we need to do something for all of these returning soldiers. So I want to give you some seed money to get this started. So with, with that was born the SHARE initiative. There's only two facilities in the United States that have this type of program. And we're lucky enough to have one, have it here in the Shepherd Center. It taught, it, it cost about $90,000 a month to run this program. Uh, and it costs the soldier nothing. Uh, it's all provided. The government pays about 23 cents on the dollar and the rest of it comes from donations. And we were very fortunate that the Share Center has some excellent donations, donators, excellent, uh, Activities, uh, fundraising activities uh, that I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about. But to be a member or to get selected for this program, you had to have served in Operation Enduring Freedom or Operation Iraqi Freedom. So you had to be a returning vet from Afghanistan or Iraq. Uh, and they had to have some type of diagnosed or suspected mild to moderate traumatic brain injury or uh, PTSD symptoms. Uh, again, that do not require 
hospitalization, but require treatment. And you look at these some of these kids, and just looking at them, there's nothing you can, you don't see anything as far as an injury or, or but they definitely do do need help. Uh, they they first enter the program and there's a full two week assessment uh, and then they set up the treatment program for them. Usually eight to twelve weeks uh, and then there is a twelve to twenty four month following after they leave the the, the center. Uh, something about this program again that's unique is they have housing provided to them, and they have a dedicated military team that uh, works with them throughout their treatment. They're provided almost every type of uh, medical care and evaluation that's available. Uh, all of the professional services that are available at Shepherd Center. And when it first started, uh, it, it was conceived to be uh, just like the, the main operation at Shepherd Center, it was to be people who uh, suffered some type of spinal cord injury or lost a limb. But as it, as it transitioned and as it grew, it became more focused on this area of TBI and PTSD because they found that there was no one treating that. There was no other facility doing that. So it has kind of transitioned. They still have patients at the Shepherd Center with spinal cord injury, and but they're not a part of this program because they they found that they had to separate these young people from the general. They couldn't stand to be around that many people, that much activity, that much noise. Uh, when when some of the some of these guys they just are afraid to get out of their house. Uh, they don't want to be around crowds. They don't want to be around noise. So they set up a separate facility across the street from the Shepherd Center where they can uh, treat these uh, treat these folks. So, what can we do? How can we help? Well, one of the things that uh, the outreach committee wanted me to do was to present it to you and see if. One, you wanted to adopt this as a mission for this class. The other thing that we want to try to build upon is creating retreats here. You know, uh, it's very expensive to fly uh, these families to Red Lodge, Montana, and to Durango, Colorado. So as we grow, maybe we create retreats here. Overnight day trips. That should be easy. We can we can do day trips. We can take them uh, to ball games, uh, take them out to dinner, take them to museum. There's there's countless things that that we can do. One of the things that they impressed upon me is to ask you is volunteer your talents. And by that I mean there's a lot of people in this class that have talent that can be shared with these young men and women. For example, uh, Larry Hunt, I talked to him. I don't think Larry's here today. Where are you? There you are. I talked to Larry about, you know, he, he does woodworking with the kids here in, in school. I said, you could do that with these adults, and you could actually use power tools with them. <laughs> uh, 
So I, I put that in his mind to be thinking about what they want is someone to come down and have a class with these people and teach them that there are things that they can do. They may be medically retired, but they're, they can do things. There, there's one guy who comes and teaches them how to tie flies for fly fishing. One guy was so good at it that he built his own fly rod and, and and his own set of flies while he was in this program. And so he's taking that as a vocation now to do that. So you never know, you know, you, you get these students coming through 8 to 12 weeks, you never know what talent they may be able to discover. There's a lady that comes and does watercolors. So we have a lot of people in this class that have talent photography, you know, you you name it, and there's probably somebody in this class that does it. So they're looking for to share those talents with these people. Every Thursday night, the entire uh, group of young men and women, 8 to 12, they get together for a joint dinner just to fellowship. But at the present time, the Bank of America... Provides food on one Thursday night. Uh, the Rotary Club of Brookhaven provides pizzas on one Thursday night. So they said, "Hey, you know, could you guys provide dinner on Thursday night?" And so I immediately said, "Sure, we can do that." Uh, so I volunteered the uh, the committee, uh, and we had our first dinner last month. Uh, Marianna made some. Lasagna, Grady uh, and Pat did a salad. John, where are you, John? And they, they, I don't think John did anything, but he at least, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least he, he brought it by the house. <laughs> uh, uh, and the, 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 the Wistrands, uh, they provided tea and water. It, and we, we learned something that night, you know. These are young kids. They don't drink tea and they drink soda, you know, Paul. You know, they drink Coke. Uh, so you, you know, you learn what to, but I tell you, they wouldn't let us take any of the leftovers home. Uh, they wanted us to leave that lasagna there in the salad and dessert. So, uh, it, it was a, it was a fun night. And we're going to try to do that once a month again. If you're so inclined to uh, to participate in that, uh, we'll certainly welcome you to do that. Little things. That was another thing they brought up. They said, you know, we're not looking for you to be a major donor to the, to this program. That's not what, and I'm not asking you to do that. Of course, if you want to contribute, I'm certainly not going to turn it down. But what they're looking for is small things. For example, when they get a first uh, a new class coming in they give them each a $25 or a $50 card to Walmart and say you got to go buy your groceries and your stuff we're going to take you but you're going to have to do this and most of them they don't want to do that they don't want to get in the grocery store and, and and mingle with people but that's part of their rehabilitation is to get out and do that so they said look you know could we come to you sometime and ask you to donate some cards to Walmart? And then, of course, 
the big thing is participating in fundraising events. Uh, one of the big fundraising events for the SHARE initiative is, of course, uh, a golf tournament. Brookhaven Rotary Cup puts on a golf tournament every year. So, you know, think about participating in that and other fundraising activities again as it comes up. Go to shepherd.org slash share and check out this program. Go to operationsecondchance.org. Check out uh, OSC. And uh, Fred, when is the next Thursday night? Questions. Good. Uh, the, the next opportunity we have right now is uh, the 10th of October, if we choose to do that. I, I told Greg... Bennett, who is, Greg Bennett is a retired Navy corpsman, and he is the director of the SHARE initiative there. And he he just lost his volunteer coordinator, and she was the one that I was doing most of the coordination through. So she, he doesn't have anybody right now, so he's trying to do his job and that job too. But, yeah, he told me the 10th of October, if we choose to do it, and I'll just need to let him know, you know, Monday if we're going, if we're going to do it this Thursday night. But, Usually it's the second uh, uh, Thursday in a month because right now I think Brookhaven Rotary does mon first Monday night pizzas and then Bank of America does the third. So we have the second or the fourth that are currently open, you know, mm -hmm. that we can we can do. All right, questions about Operation Second Chance, questions about SHARE initiative. Yes, Jim. I know what SSG makes, what it is, what it makes for E6. An E6, you see, it, and it's more than I uh, than I thought out, but I think it's it's around fifty five, around fifty five thousand. Yeah, yeah. They, they would get fifty five. Yeah, if it was an E6, most of these kids are E2s, E3s. You know, they get about twenty mm -hmm. twenty eight thousand. You know, they qualify for Social Security as a from military type. I would I would say that they would get. Disability social security too. Yeah, I, I don't know that. That's a good question. I don't know if they do. What happens is a lot of these kids with uh, TBI or PTSD, they don't get diagnosed diagnosed by the VA when they separate, and they have to go through a long process. And what the share it validates their medical condition, and it allows them to reapply and get help that they may have initially been turned down. Uh, I, I met a young man who uh, was was discharged, and he went to the VA, and they said, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You, you. you get nothing. And then his wife, because the fact that he would not get out of the house, would not do anything, she heard about Share Initiative, and she got him enrolled in it. They did the two-week assessment, and now he's on 100% disability. So there are a lot of cases when you're when you're talking about 200,000 plus people. There's a lot of them that fall through the crack, and they're trying to rescue as many as they can through this program. 55,000 to 20 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my my starting salary as a second lieutenant was $400 a month. So. I thought I was making a lot of money. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. How many uh, 
How many people are in a typical class for share? Eight, eight to twelve. Eight to twelve. And some of them have their spouses here, uh, but most of them don't because the spouse is usually the wage earner. And if they have children, you know, they, they can't be here all the time. They do come, especially if, if, if some of the kids are from Georgia and, and they get, they get help. I know I'm running over. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to, in fact, uh, I, I meant to start this around. Where is my little bag? I want to give every one of you a, uh, brochure. A trifold on Operation Second Chance, and there are some. I don't have a whole lot of uh, information on the share program. There are some brochures back here. Uh, the best is to go to the to the web site again. It's shepherd.org/slash/share, and if you just go to shepherd.org, you can link to it. So, how many do, are you preparing for on a Thursday night? We we try to get a account from them at the beginning of the week to, to make sure uh, for example some of the staff eat with them too and so uh, typically there's eight and then whatever staff so I say eight to twelve uh, the first time we went there was only six did people. you all eat with them yes we yeah. did yeah we we you want to interact you know and they want you to interact with them uh, one of the things that they impressed upon us is don't ask dumb questions. You know? uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, somebody asked one of the kids in front of one of the uh, attendants there, well, how many people did you kill? Yeah. You, you're looking at it right now. That's me. In Operation Second Chance, yeah, yeah. Because I got into it about 18 months ago. Now, we have had, we've had people come here, uh, uh, but, but there's no one living here now that's, uh, I'm the, I am the Atlanta Regional, uh, coordinator for volunteer activities, if you will. I'm, I'm the marketeer. I, I need to find, that's why I got this big Sunday school class here. I'm, I'm looking for help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had another uh, video to show you, but I don't have time. But if you'll go on their website and go to, to the media uh, page and, and look at those, uh, there's some really bright moments uh, in this program. And then there are some, some sad moments too. We, uh, we had a young lady who was, uh, up in Montana last summer for a retreat, uh, and she had had massive chest injuries. She was in truck driver, uh, and was caught in explosion, threw her into the steering wheel and crushed her chest. And she was recovering. We had her out there. She had a great time. And uh, in October of last year, she passed away uh, with internal injuries. That, uh, that, so we have some, you know, a lot of success, but we have some, some sad things that happen too. Uh, okay, if there's no other questions, I will turn you back over to your president.
Thank you, Fred. What a what a mission. Very good job. It really is touching to hear these stories, and I, Fred has been involved, and I know he could carry on and really touch you. Uh, Y'all know I always like to close our session here with a little thought for the day, and again, it just seemed like it it's fitting to the message that Fred has left. And this is coming from Art Linkletter. Says things turn out best for the people who make the best out of the way things turn out. So these people are certainly making the best out of the way it turned out for them. Have a good week. Thank you.